boys, welcome back. Episode 69 of the Review Podcast. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was the longest minute and nine seconds ever. <laughs> I know. That was brutal. When we started, when we came up with the plan to wait 69 seconds to say nice, I thought it was going to breeze by. That was yeah. so long. <laughs> it was brutal. That was brutal. For the people who like listen to the episode, but like scroll like a minute in to like skip the intro. If you do that, by the way, you're like a spawn of Satan. But if you if you do that. You're going to be so confused as to what just happened. My yes. God. You got to listen to this one from the start. And the Bruins are going on the power play. I think. I don't know. I'm confused. Anyway. Um, <laughs> welcome back, boys. Episode 69. We made it. It's we nice. It's it nice. Sure. And we've Pretty got a nice out today, too. Yeah. Nice out today. We've got a nice episode planned for all of you. So much to cover. It's been a few weeks since we did one of these. I went to Florida. I did a few when I was in Florida, came back, became the world's busiest man. And now I have time again. So we're back on the wave and we're just, you know, lots of content coming up. So let's get into it. Seth, how nice are you today? We are uh, feeling we're feeling good. You know, it's been a been a solid day all around. Um, finally kind of this week was a bit of a grind class wise. So it was nice to kind of, you know, I don't have classes on Fridays or Mondays. So I get my nice little four day break. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm in, I'm in your boat for like for tomorrow. I have a class at eight o'clock and that's it. So I'm literally driving out to school. I'm doing one class and then I'm driving back home to watch the masters all day. Literally. That's what I'm doing. So exciting things, but yeah, glad that you're good. It's been a while. And uh, and we're back. Uh, we are also back with some new fans. So if you'll recall, on the last podcast, I told a story about how we were the topic of a Pictionary game um, and whatever. And then I had some choice words for some people and yada, 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 whatever, you know. Um, so we have an update on that whole situation. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about go back and listen to episode 68 i think it's probably like 10 or 15 minutes into the episode we just kind of give like a brief like basically we were we were drawn in pictionary in this pictionary game we were the topic and i was upset because i thought i was depicted a little more shorter 
than uh, than I am in real life. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Uh, so I have an update on the whole Pictionary thing. So the people who drew us in Pictionary listened to the episode. Um, they they found the the part where you and I were kind of shitting on them. Uh, and yeah. So hi. <laughs> I don't know. Any thoughts from you? Seth, I mean, you weren't really involved in Pictionary. I was going to say, I was just kind of there. Um, I don't know these people. So, and I probably hey, have a very neither do I. chance of ever meeting these people. Um, so, sorry that we kind of made fun of your really funny drawing skills, I guess. Um, that's all I really got on that. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know how they found the episode, um, but they did. And they listened to it and they like told me they're like, oh, I just like listened to the thing. It was like hilarious. At least they like took it well, I think. I think one of one of them took it well. I don't know how the other one took it. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't care. Um, so, yeah, that's just an update for all of you. I, if you two are listening. Hi. How's it going? Uh, heard you're big fans. So uh, welcome. But uh, but yeah, before we get into it, just, you know, more on more on the whole Pictionary thing. I'm going to tell another story. Well, not another story, but like a theory, just an an idea, you know, an idea. So since the dawn of TBR, since the beginning of TBR, our fans have have kind of gravitated towards their their guy. You know, like our, our people have their guy. Our audience have their guy and they ride with their guy. So more so than the Bruins just scored. Let's effing go uh, to nothing. So they ride with their guy like there's no tomorrow. So. You have like team carp, whatever carp says, these people, if you're on team carp, you agree with it. Team Seth, whatever Seth says, if you're on team Seth, you agree with it. Team Willette, if you know, you agree with what I say, whatever I say, you agree with it. Team Michael, whatever Mike says, you agree with it. That's kind of like since the dawn of TBR, how it's gone. And when you're on someone's team, you not only agree with what they say, but you disagree with what everyone else says. This has just been a common theme. Go read our comments on TikTok and you'll know what I'm talking about. You, we just have people that have their guys and then have their not guys. So I know what it's like to be disliked. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm missing something here. You, there's you something. Are. There's a Fuck. joke here that's going way. It's not, over it's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's just. A, it's just. I'm just sending some friendly fire here. I've been doing TBR. I've hosted this podcast since January 22nd of 2000. January 21st of 2019, I think, is when I recorded my first episode with TBR. Uh, Carp and I have been running this company since 2019. We have been all over the social media, all over the podcast since 2019. I've stirred the pot like I love to do. I've had people who agree with me. I've had people who very much disagree with me. I am no stranger to being disliked. You're welcome for that. Just just putting it out there. I am no stranger. To being disliked by people who listen to this podcast and those who may be surrounding them. So shots have been fine. Okay. All right, let's move on. Um, Deshaun Watson. 
the Houston Texans are most likely going to be in the market for a new quarterback very, very soon. Yes, this is an interesting situation. I think the number is up to what, 22 now? I, is it sitting stagnant at 22 accusations? The last number I saw was 22, but it, I don't think it really makes a difference if it's like 22 or 24, right? Yeah. By the time we got up to like five accusations, I think it became pretty clear that this wasn't some like random people trying to make a quick buck. This is a very serious situation here where it's pretty clear that he did everything that all of them are saying about him. And, you know, sure, maybe like one or two of the accusations are false, but I don't think that really matters because there's no way that all 22 of them are erroneous. It's just insane. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the specifics in any of the lawsuits, but basically, you know, he forced them to touch. Yeah. Do do. Yeah. We, 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 yeah, that part. Yeah. No. And was like, his no, no zone. you know, his rubbing no, his no, no zone and he was touching them with his no, no zone. It's a whole, you know, he, he, he brought them inside his no, no square. Yes. And that's not okay. No, not at all. It's, uh, I mean, that's about as appropriate as we can describe it. I yeah. think, um, yeah. When, when 22 people accuse you of anything, you're guilty. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but you just are. Um, kind of a shock too that like put their names on it too. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, we're we're out here. This is our names." Right, like like this is like it's like real. Uh, Nike dropped him yesterday. I didn't even know he was a Nike athlete. I didn't think. (laughs) You know what? That's probably best for Nike because he wasn't that good anyway. Um, I I never liked Deshaun Watson. You guys can go listen to the pickums. I never liked him. Never liked the guy. I just something about him. Seth, I was saying it this year. I said he seems too happy about himself. He needs to be <laughs> humble. Man, is he being humbled right now? Holy shit. I said all year, I'm like, this guy needs to be knocked down a few pegs. I think all his pegs have been taken from him. Literally. Yes. I don't yeah. like Deshaun Watson. And I don't wish this kind of thing upon anybody, but I'm just saying I'm not gonna go to bat for the guy. Well, you're you're not even like it's not even like you're wishing it upon him. He did it to himself. Right. It's already happened. So and I'm not celebrating it at all. I'm just saying I never liked Deshaun Watson. I know there's a lot of people out there who are trying to defend him and say, like, you know, in a lot of these scenarios, like I was very vocal about Antonio Brown when a similar thing happened last year, uh, two years ago now um, when he was playing for the Patriots. I was very vocal. and I said, all right, let's not jump to conclusions here. Let's wait. And, you know, figure out the whole picture before we just like jump on a bandwagon on either side. And I got a lot of flack for saying that people are like, Oh, you know, you can't, you can't discredit what people are saying. I'm not discrediting what anyone was saying. I wasn't saying that I was saying, let's not jump to conclusions. I miss the days of like where you could just like be in the middle until you understand both sides of a story and then choose which side you land on. I miss those days. They're gone. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to do, but failed in execution. But I was vocal about how we should not jump to conclusions about Antonio Brown. And a lot of people are doing that about Deshaun Watson. This is very different. Very different. Antonio Brown's situation was an ex-girlfriend of his who they, they were still dating but not dating. And, like, 
they were like live. I don't even know what the story was. They, I, I don't remember the story and I don't want to bring it back up. Um, but I will just say this, Seth, why did we not hear anything about it after he was cut from the Patriots? The guy went and won a fucking Super Bowl with the Buccaneers and you didn't hear anything yeah. about it. What it, it just nothing happened with that. It just went away after he was cut from the Patriots. So did, yeah, Roger, I mean, did Roger Goodell cook this up? Maybe. He also could have just like he, you know, entered, you know, d- undisclosed settlements. Backdoor deal under the table. I mean, I don't know. Like, that's not a, like that's not even what I would call it. Like. I, I it, it's, you know, like ended up being a settlement like with the, you know, whoever was accusing him, you know, right. just like and off, like a lot of the times when people settle in court, it doesn't become public information. That's true. Could have easily happened like that. I was just like, I, I, I don't know. He was on. He, he signs with the Patriots two weeks later. He's like getting cut, and then he yeah. can. But he can go and win a Super Bowl with a different team. That's fine. I don't know. Anyway, the Deshaun Watson thing is very different. Very different. These are. It, I don't even want to go into the details of the thing because it's like disgusting to read about. But Deshaun Watson is not in a good spot right now, and I'm and I'm I'm gonna err on the side of he probably did it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's likely that twenty-two different people, and they're not looking for money either. Like you said, they're attaching their names to this. They don't care. They just, they just want to see like justice be served. They don't want money. That was the difference in the Antonio Brown situation too. She filed for a civil suit against him. This is like, yes, there are there are class action lawsuits in place in this, but there are also people who don't want money. So, I don't know. 22 is a big number. What? So, I don't know. Who do you think the Texans would be going after? I mean, he was looking to leave anyway. Maybe now we know why. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I mean, who do you go after, right? I mean, it's not. There's, they're in a, in, in a spot right now where the, you know, the, Free agent pool is gone. They are picking nowhere in a good spot, right? Because their pick is in the hands of San Francisco currently because it was with the Dolphins and the Dolphins traded it to San Francisco. Right. So Houston doesn't actually pick until the third round, it looks like. I'm going to double check that real quick while you're double checking that this Bruins game is electric there was just a big fight and Nick Ritchie just like knocked the shit out of Hathaway love to see it yeah the Texans don't pick until the 67th overall pick this year oh wow so sounds like they're just gonna you know have to suck and deal with whoever their backup is. Like, who is there even a free agent guy out there right now? Like, who um, hasn't been signed yet? Um, Rod Taylor already. So everyone, so everyone's gonna say Colin Kaepernick, and everyone would be wrong because Colin Kaepernick is not a good quarterback. He's probably better than whoever their scrub backup is, right? Like, Seth, I I'm not on the cap. Like, okay, take out. 
all I don't the think he's a BS around him. Quarterback in the, in in the country, but I feel like he's probably better than whoever their backup is. Take out all the BS around Colin Kaepernick. He was just not a good quarterback. <laughs> Let's he call a spade a spade. He was a great running quarterback. I don't know <laughs> oh, how great he was. Okay. You know, with some, I never, I didn't watch enough. Um, he had one good year where he ran for a bunch of touchdowns and took him to the Super Bowl. And then they lost to the Ravens when the lights went out. And then he went like one in 15. And then he got benched. That is not that is not your starting quarterback on any team. I don't think I think I think there's a million better options out there. If Colin Kaepernick like reworked his arm and like reworked and, you know, whatever, then, yeah, sure. But he's not he's he's not taking those steps. He's Mr. Dramatic. He like changed his workout like a minute before he was like the right. NFL which, granted which him a private him. workout. Yeah. And for some reason, like an hour before Colin Kaepernick was like, no, we're not going to do it. There. We're going to do it at this like high school field. And no one showed up <laughs> except for like right. the media. And he like talked to the media afterwards and he was like, I'm ready. It's like, but you aren't like, I just saw you throw, like you overthrew the guy. You underthrew the guy. You're not, you're not making the throws. So you're not ready. You aren't ready to be in the NFL, especially because the running quarterback, unless your name is Lamar Jackson, just doesn't work. And I don't even think it works that well with Lamar either. Well, I mean, it worked really well with Michael Vick. Yeah. If this is 2001. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I'm I, me and NFL quarterbacks. I just don't like them. I don't know why. Speaking of what do you I know we talk about this every episode. What are the Patriots going to do before we move on to like the meat of the show? What are the Patriots going to do? Right. So, I mean, it's it, it's weird, right? Because you're hearing all of these reports about. NFL teams not being high on Justin Fields and they're questioning this and that. Brendan Willett isn't high on Justin Fields. I don't think he's that good. I, I, well, that, that's that's a skill thing. That's less of a a lot of the things that they are saying are like he doesn't love the game. And then I keep on seeing all of these clips of him sprinting down the field and blocking for one of his guys. Like if you don't love football, you don't do that. That's 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 my opinion on that. I am not an expert talent scout for NFL players. Right. So I couldn't, you know, from what I've seen from Justin Fields, I think he's going to be a solid NFL quarterback, but regardless, it sounds like from everything we're hearing from Schefter, from reports about what the 49ers have been doing, that they're pretty locked in at taking Mac Jones third overall. Atlanta sounds like they are pretty keen on trading the fourth overall pick. Sounds like they're going to, you know, stick it out with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Okay, so after that, the only team really in between the Patriots and number four overall that is almost absolutely going to take a quarterback is probably Denver. Yeah. Detroit might, but, you know, who knows? The Vikings are also ahead of the Patriots in the draft. But, you know, say the Patriots are able to work out a deal you know, say say Atlanta trades back to like six or seven or something, right? And the Patriots find themselves able to trade with Atlanta for that six, seven spot. You know, who knows what that's going to take? Or even if they're able to trade up for four, I don't think they should trade up for four to get fields. I think if you can get fields in the low tens, 
you know, like, or, you know, between like seven to 13, if you can get him in that range, I think that'd be the steal of the draft. That'd be insane. Well, let me ask you this, because I see all these Patriots fan accounts, like excited about the prospect of trading up and taking Justin Fields. Do we need to draft a quarterback? That is the thing, right? Yeah, we don't. Exactly. We, we literally don't. What do we, we can need? wait until next year? Theoretically, what do we need? Could use another wide receiver. Probably. Boom. There it is. You need a wide receiver. You have arguably one of the better wide receiving classes coming out of this year's draft. You have a Heisman winner who is who is stocked lower than his counterpart who didn't. I was going to say this that. Year. Yeah, that is what. So what is your thought on people like. Mock drafts that I've seen right now have him going like third off the board for wide receivers. Yeah. They have Jamar Chase sitting around that like five to seven range. And then, um, oh, who's the other guy that they have in between? Waddle's there. Do they have Waddle as a first rounder? Oh, they have have Waddle ahead of Smith and Pitts. That's crazy. Pitts is a tight end, but Pitts is like a wide receiver. Pitts is probably going to go four if Atlanta keeps their pick. You think so? I think so. I think they're going to, because that's the thing. If they don't trade that pick, they know they need more offensive weapons. Feels like he's the perfect fit for them. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah, I, I mean, think that, like, I understand why Devontae Smith is ranked right, that, lower is because he was not supposed to be your wide receiver one. Right, but he was. So what are, what are your thoughts? So, like, I keep on hearing people are like, Oh, he's too small. He's not going to translate from college to the NFL. Like, I don't see that with him. Now, granted, it's a little bit different because it's Bama, right? So when you watch Bama play, you have to take certain things with a grain of salt because they have three different first round caliber caliber um, wide receivers and they have the best running back in the draft and they have a quarterback who probably isn't good enough to be the third overall pick, but yeah. certainly you could make a strong argument for him being a first round pick, right? So you have all of these weapons on that all of the Alabama offense, meaning that guys are just going to be open easier. But I feel like every single time we watch Devonta Smith, he makes these plays that like, sure, he's going to be more open because there are other weapons on the field, but also he's still making ridiculous plays. I think he's going to be good in the NFL. I don't know what you think. Yeah. So there's two, two schools of thought basically about Devonte Smith. You have you have the people that are saying like Heisman winner went to Alabama, went to a bunch of, you know, bowl games and national championships and, and you know, college football playoffs and SEC championships and, and was a key factor. And you have the people who are saying what you're saying, who are saying he's going to be a good wide receiver in the NFL. Great wide receiver could, you know, put the elite tag on that. He's that he's going to be just like unbelievable. Because he was at Alabama, like uh, credit where credit is due. He was unbelievable at Alabama. And then you have the people who are like back up to Waddle. He's built like a praying mantis. It's just because he went to Alabama. It's just because of the system. It's not going to translate. I think those are the two basic schools of thought about Devontae Smith. And I think that the majority of the mainstream NFL media guys, all the mock drafts, whatever bullshit NFL network, people who actually think that their opinion matters and it ends up being completely wrong. Those people are are stalking Devonta Smith really low, like very low. I think 
that his size is is an issue. I think it definitely is an issue. He's a toothpick. Like, okay, there are small NFL wide receivers, and then there's like Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is tiny. He's short. He's skinny. It looks like if I if I picked him up with my left hand and squeezed him, I could snap all the bones in his body in one motion. That being said, yeah, Alabama's Alabama. He's a fucking talented wide receiver. Look at what he did this year. Look at what he did with Tua. Talented wide receiver. So do I think that his draft stock should be higher? No, because I understand the concern. A thousand percent, I understand that that he looks like he can't pick up a banana. Um, but in the long run, I think he's going to end up being better than the guys who are going to get drafted before him. Yeah, if, I, if I think that's sense. fair. I think, like, obviously you can make the size argument. You know, I mean, he is extremely skinny. He's looking like the Slim Reaper Kevin Durant yeah. out there. Um, <laughs> and... You know, if 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 they can just get him to put on a little bit of weight, you know, like he doesn't need to put on that much. Um, I still think, he, you know, he's going I think he's going to be solid no matter what. Obviously, he's going to take that extra step up if he adds a little bit of weight. Um, but I'm not someone who's like, oh, he shouldn't be going in the first round because he's skinny. Yeah. Like that seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, no, I, I I I don't think he should be. I think that. He's stocked lower than Waddle and Chase because of his size. Yeah. That's Look at like accurate. the last five Heisman winners. They all were top five picks. Granted, they all were quarterbacks for the most part. But still, I, I it's crazy to me that you have a Heisman winner with who is in the NFL draft being ranked behind other players at his position. That's yeah, kind of crazy. Sense. And I get that he wasn't supposed to be the guy. Like, I understand then, that it was supposed to be Waddle. I get that. You know, the, but it wasn't. There, the only other argument that I can make is, like, Lamar Jackson, right? Like, he's the only other person that I can really think of off the top of my head where yeah, he, but he won the Heisman. He, he won the Heisman and then stayed at Louisville. Oh, was it? Was there a year separation there? He, yeah, because I think his draft year was Baker's year, right? Uh, yeah. Lamar won as a sophomore. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yes. Because Baker won. Yeah. Baker won in 17, went first overall. Yeah. So I think it's more like like, because Jameis Winston in 13 wins, it goes first overall. Marcus Mariota, um, second overall pick. He was pretty high, wasn't he? Right. I mean, when did they pick that year? This would have been 2014. Yes. that wouldn't have been because Winston went with Clowney, right? Or was Clowney 14? Blake Bortles went third overall. Oh, right. Yeah. So he actually <laughs> got drafted higher than. Where are the Titans? That, that's just the that's just the Jaguars making a Jaguars pick, though. Johnny Manziel goes 22. Teddy Bridgewater. This is not his draft. This doesn't make any sense. That draft sounds like such a bust draft. <laughs> sounds terrible. Johnny football. <laughs> Dude, Clowney, Greg Robinson, Blake Who Bortles, Sammy Watkins, Khalil Mack, Jake Matthews, Mike Evans, 
Justin Gilbert, Anthony Barr is actually decent. Ebron's decent. Taylor Lewin's decent. Odell Beckham Jr. Taylor Lewin good. was high. I'd say Aaron Donald at 13 seemed pretty good to me. I don't know. He's the best player in that in that group of players that you just named. Yes, yes, he is by far. Ryan Shazier goes 15. Kyle Fuller went out of the DB. Yeah. That sounds like a busted draft. Sammy Watkins went so high. Sammy Watkins is so irrelevant. He's so irrelevant. I think Marcus Mariota got drafted in 15. He might have. Yeah, 2015. He was the second pick. Yeah. So. But then the, the 2015 Heisman was Derrick Henry. It wasn't Mariota. No, he was Mariota was 2014, then got drafted in 15. Henry was 15, Uh, got drafted in 16, I think. Right. Right. Or did he get? Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Because you win the Heisman in the third. Yeah. Won it in 2011, first overall pick. Cam Newton, 2010, first overall pick. Johnny Manziel in 2012, but doesn't get drafted for another two years. Right. So like. It's so rare that you actually see a guy like not Sam Bradford in 08. He was a first. Like especially at their position. Like I can understand if, if like Devonte Smith is not going number one overall in this year's draft. Right. I absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's so yeah. rare for wide receiver. But even at his, even at his position, he's not ranked number one. And he just won the Heisman, which is the number one player in college football. It's nuts to me that a guy that was out all year is ranked higher than your Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. I think that's a little ridiculous, but I understand the concern with Devontae Smith. I understand it. But how is there not more of a concern with the guy who you haven't seen play in over a year because he was I think just I think just because Waddle was filthy. I guess that's fair. He's got still. he's got size, he's got skill, he probably had a good pro day or whatever. I don't know. Back to the original thing though. Like I said, if you're the Patriots, get the fuck on the phone with one of those guys. Worry about surrounding Cam Newton with the right players, not bringing in someone to to compete with him. Right. You just we just heard today that Julian Edelman is doubtful to play the entire season. That was going to be your wide receiver one. Go out and get one of these guys. Like, what are we doing? I understand that we just got, like, Hunter Henry. Yeah, boom. We got Jonu Smith. Yeah, boom. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, boom. Whatever. Aguilar. I don't love yeah. Nelson Aguilar or whatever. I know it's Aguilar, but I don't love him. He can't catch much. Have you, You've seen the clip, Seth, of the guy uh, when there was, like, a fire and they were throwing yep. kids out yep. the window? He goes, you know, they just started throwing babies. We were catching them, though. Unlike Aguilar. Yeah. The Patriots signed that fucking guy. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Honestly, go, he's probably draft, that Fucking draft Jalen Waddle. Draft Jalen Waddle. He's going to be there. He's going to be there for you. He will be there for you. I think he will be. I think Jamar Chase goes first and then Pitts, even though he's a tight end. Ooh, and then Waddle. And I think you can take Waddle with your pick. So take him. Don't draft another fucking quarterback. Right. <laughs> oh. Gets me so angry sometimes. Just is it dark outside? So it, it was dark. so random, but why? <laughs> oh, because it's eight, eight o'clock. o'clock. Actually, right. like a normal time for it to be dark out. Whatever. Whew. I'm rattled. So we'll do a, we'll I'm do a looking, draft podcast. 
four weeks before the draft. Uh, I'm looking currently at the um, ESPN mock. They have Jamar Chase five, Devonta Smith going sixth to Miami, and then Jalen Waddle going seventh to Detroit. I think Miami's taking a quarterback. Who are they going to take, though? Um, so at that point, Lawrence would be off the board. Lawrence, they might take, they might Zach take, Wilson, and Mac Jones off the board. So probably they might Trey take Lance. Fields. They could take Fields or Trey Lance, but I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like they'll. They, they'll they could with, be a trade. They could trade for one too. I don't. Know, I just. Uh, I feel like Tua is like well, we see, both it, are, see, It sounded like Deshaun was going to go to Miami. Right. But obviously both, that's off the table. <laughs> we're both not high on Tua, but I feel like they're not ready to give up on him after one year. I think they are. They they were sounding like they were. They his right. name well, well, but around. here's the thing: Would you rather have the unproven guy or the guy who's consistently put up second best statistical numbers at the quarterback position over the past three years? Um, I don't know. I I, I don't like like whichever like how, one of those isn't Tua. <laughs> well, the the guy who's put up the second best statistical numbers at the quarterback position for the past three years is Deshaun Watson. Right. If you forget about the off the field but stuff, you can't, there's no yeah. debate well, as to whether field. you would want Tua or Deshaun to run your team. Right. I'm just saying that like, I don't they like are going you. to like if I if I'm that franchise, I am living with trading way. Like say Tua becomes this next like great guy. Like you know he's not going to turn into like the goat or anything, but turns into a great quarterback. You in Miami would live with having traded him away if it meant that you were bringing in a 25-year-old Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the age difference there is like, what, two, three years? Yeah. I I wouldn't sleep on the Dolphins taking a quarterback. I wouldn't, like... This, I just, this mock especially has- because they were so, like, let's go to Fitz, let's go to Tua, let's go... Like, they were never sold on Tua. I think they, I think they bought him way too high. I mean, yeah, they drafted him really high, a lot yeah. higher. Than I think a lot of the, um, I thought they were going Herbert, which is probably what they should have done. Yeah. I was on an Instagram live TBR went live last year for the draft. And I remember saying they should take Herbert here and they took two. And I was like, Fuck yeah. So the this mock. So this is a Todd McShay mock. He has Trey Lance going ninth to the Broncos and has the Patriots trading up to 11 to pick in the Giants spot and drafting fields at 11, Ugh. which I think no matter what you think about fields, taking them at 11 feels like a really good spot. Fine. It's a steal for a player of his caliber. I just don't but think he should come to the Patriots, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Under the assumptions of this mock draft, which like mock drafts barely ever come out to be, you know, the way they actually are. Right. But say Waddle and Chase and Smith are all off the board. There isn't another wide receiver that you would take at 15. And right. But, but they are all good. I don't think they're going to be off the board. Right. So, But in, in, in this in this situation of all three of them are off the board well before the Patriots pick, it makes perfect sense for them to trade up and get fields. Because if you can't get 
a solid wide receiver at the, you know, 10 to 15 range, you know, if they have to trade up a couple of spots to get a wide receiver, that's going to be an easy move. For yeah, them. If you're going to trade right? up, I think you take a wide receiver, not a quarterback. But if you can't, here's the thing, because there's no one else that's going to help the team around 15. Like they, you know, the, right now it's got the, I'm not going to pronounce his last name, Jeremiah, the inside linebacker from Notre Dame. Who's absolutely yeah. love that guy. We don't really need a linebacker. No, they're, 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 they no, I want a wide receiver. I, I like go right. after. I want a wide receiver too. That's the thing. Like I want a wide receiver, but the reality is, is that they're not might not be one available when the Patriots come up to pick. And in that case, they should trade up for a quarterback. I because there's no yes, reason. But I don't. I, but I, I realistically don't think that that's going to be the case. I, I, I think there's going to what's going to happen is there's going to be wide receivers available. Smith, Waddle, even Pitts, whoever it may be. But they're going to take fields. And that's going to piss me off. You don't need them. You just don't. You have Cam. I, I, if you surround Cam Newton with enough skilled players at the wide receiver, tight end position, whatever, then you don't have a problem. You're creating a quarterback composition in New England Fine. Whoever wins that quarterback competition at the end of the day is still going to need some weapons. And I get that you got John U. Smith. I get that you got Hunter Henry. It's not enough. It's just not enough. You need one of these guys. I'm convinced that, that it is essential for the Patriots to draft one of these wide receivers in the top three, four range. I'm calling fucking Kyle Pitts a wide receiver because he is. Um, and that's 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 said and done. That's what they need to do. And I know that they're not going to do it. I know that they're going to take fields and it's going to piss me off so much. But you need to bother me as long as they don't do it instead of a wide receiver. If all the wide receivers are gone by the time they pick him, I will be fine. (sighs) Yes, but that's the thing is, I don't think that's realistic. I don't think they're all going to be gone. I think if you're going to trade up, take a wide receiver. Don't trade up to get fields. Sorry. All right, we'll keep you all updated on that, though. Now to the meat of the episode. Uh, national, uh, yeah, first we'll talk national championship because it happened. Um, yes. Baylor won the national championship earlier this week. Screw all of you. I was the only one who was right about it. Ha, ha, ha. I get winner circle time now. Um, there were 45 people in the TBR bracket challenge. 45 and only one person correctly predicted Baylor winning the national championship and correctly predicted that Baylor would beat Gonzaga in the national championship. And his name was Brendan fucking Willette. Now, I caught some heat because a lot of people came to me and said, that's bullshit. People, do you not listen to our podcast? I made it very clear early on that I would not take the prize when I won. I think I said that. I said, when I'm right, I won't keep the prize. I'm going to give it to somebody else because why I wouldn't I wouldn't fuck all of you like that. I wouldn't put you in this bracket challenge and give you hope just to crush your dreams and then take Xbox and PS4 away from you. I wouldn't do that. I was just in it to crush all of your dreams and then give you an Xbox and a PS4 to to soften the blow a little bit. I knew I was going to be right from day one. I knew it. And first of all. Here's my main point. How would I cheat on a bracket challenge that locks the bracket group and locks the bracket before the tournament even starts? Exactly. What do you people think? I was in the ears of all the coaches in the tournament, forcing them to lose games. 
Yeah, there's no way there's no way for you to fix a bracket. Like, how does that you can't cheat on a bracket challenge? So for the people that think I cheated, (laughs) that's a funny one. The bracket locked before the game started. So did the group. And I made a video of me filling out my bracket because I knew some shit like this was going to happen. I'm always right. I'm always right. I had it right from the beginning. I said Baylor was going to beat Gonzaga. I had three out of the four in my final four. I was so high on Florida State, and they ended up losing to Michigan, and then Michigan lost to Akla. But, hey, I had a lot of people telling me, like, oh, Brendan, you're so what's crazy? What's crazy about this, though? I only had one team right in my final four, right? If Gonzaga won, I would have been the highest-ranked member of TBR in the pool. Really? Nobody. Yeah, I don't think anybody else in TBR would have been ranked as high as I. I might have been tied with Michael or something. You mean in TBR or in the bracket challenge? No, so I would not have won the bracket challenge, but of the members of TBR of that are in the bracket challenge, yeah. I'm pretty sure I would have been the highest ranked. You probably would have been had Gonzaga won because I think you were the only one who had Gonzaga winning. I I might have been the only TBR guy who had Gonzaga. You work. You work. Because Car- Carp had Michigan. I had Baylor. Michael had Illinois. Yeah. So you so would have been that, the only one who had gotten it right. But listen. Which is nuts. Everyone said I was wrong. Everybody said it. I got so much shit for picking Baylor. It's not even funny. Everyone was like, Baylor's not going to win. Gonzaga's going to be undefeated. They're the best team. <laughs> that's, that's how it always goes. Everyone conforms they conform to society and they pick the easy pick they they pick the easy way out they took the number one ranked team they took the undefeated team they took you the know, team that everybody year, wanted to win what did i, I do i picked the team that no one expected to win i was the only one who had the fucking balls to do it and they won so fuck all of you i should keep the ps4 now ha <laughs> <laughs> I um no for, for once I want the number one overall seed to win. It never happens ever. Like literally, the number one overall seed never wins the tournament. No, I mean yeah, they do sometimes. Right, obviously sometimes, but like when was the last There's time? Four, oh, you mean the number one out of every team? Like the number one out of everybody. Like okay, Gonzaga yeah, no, coming in was happens. the yeah. number one. Seed. I was gonna say like number one seeds of regions win, but I get what you're saying. Like the right. number one ranked team in college basketball. Yeah. No, it's just too much pressure on them. There's too much pressure to go undefeated. It was unrealistic to think that they were gonna run the table in the tournament with all the pressure that they had on them, with all the expectations that people had on them to win the tournament. No fucking chance. I saw it coming from a mile away. So run me my bag, please. I was right. <laughs> but anyway, um, it, to the person who came in second in the TBR bracket challenge, you are entitled to the PS4 and the Xbox. We, we can't confirm who it is, though, so we're trying. So if you think it was you, screenshot your bracket and your place in the bracket challenge and send it to TBR and we can confirm that it was you. We've reached uh, out. To you're going to need to do something more than that. You're going to have to get them to sh- screenshot their profile page as well, because I could screenshot that guy's bracket and send no, it. No, but there's a there's a thing that says my bracket. Oh, is there? Okay. So, like, I'll show you what I'm talking about. If you go to the leaderboard of the group, you have. Oh, it'll say my bracket. Above. My entries yeah. at the top and then the rank. Gotcha. So I'm number one, bitches. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to this shit for so long. <laughs> As so. you should. As you should. All right. You want to talk about the Paul Mary trade? Go for it. I'll give you your time. Yeah, the Paul Mary trade's interesting, right? So Paul Mary ends up getting traded for a first round pick, a conditional fourth, two prospects that aren't even really prospects. One of them is 27 years old on a, and he's a pending UFA. The other is a 24 year old on a pending UFA. Um, the Devils retain half of his salary, and he's paired with Travis Sajak. Uh, and they're also holding on to half of his salary. So essentially $5 million in salary is going to the Islanders, and they're keeping the rest. Um, and honestly, I think it's going to turn out to be a good deal for the Devils because I think they weren't going to keep Zajac, and even if they were, he was going to end up coming back on a cheaper deal. He's 35 years old. Um both Zajac and Paul Mary, I should mention, are pending UFAs, right? And yeah. then you're also getting a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick and then two guys. Um, and those two guys weren't great. And technically, the fourth-round conditional, if they win the Cup this year, it ends up turning into a third-round pick in either 2022 or 2023. The Islanders get to pick. Well, the Islanders aren't going to win the cup this year. This deal does not help. You don't them. think so? <laughs> no, I don't think this deal helps them win the cup. I think the fact that they don't have their captain is going to screw them. Like they, I just, he's their, Lee is their best player. Other than Barzell. Barzell is their best player. And then it's Lee, right? Like, I don't think that there's anyone else on that team that you can argue is even close. Yeah. I just don't think that they have the depth to do it. But no, that's, that's my fair, man. with this is there are a lot of Bruins fans who are upset about it. Kyle Palmieri has 17 points this year. Nine of those are assists. He has eight goals in 34 games. He is not a solid goal scorer. In the past six or seven years of his career, he's broken 30 goals. And actually, in his entire career, he's broken 30 goals one time. In all of the years from then, after that, leading up to next year with the shortened season, his highest was 27. In every year from that 30-goal season through to this year, other than one time, he has had 11 power play goals per year. He has never scored more than 19 regular strength goals in a season. You know what the Bruins don't need? Another guy that can score on the power play. The Bruins already have the ninth best power play in the league. They don't need to spend draft capital improving that. They don't need to give up a first round pick for that. What do they need? They need scoring at even strength from up and down the lineup. They've tried to create that somewhat successfully over the past two or three games by taking it and making it Marchand and Bergeron on the first line and dropping Pasta to the second line to play him with Richie moving DeBrusque down to the third. I hate to break it to you because I know you love Jake DeBrusque. It might be time to move DeBrusque. It just might be. I don't think it is. I don't I don't I don't think like I don't want them to really, but it might have to be. But regardless of what like they don't need to move to Brusque, right? Like they could, but they don't need to. They need another guy in that top six, top nine area, right? Like they don't need a top three forward, but say maybe a guy on a pending UFA deal 
that doesn't have a no trade clause that currently plays for a team that lost 19 games in a row that you could have signed this offseason on a one-year deal? Taylor Hall? I don't want Taylor Hall. You're telling me that they couldn't like they're they need to trade their first round pick. They need to. Okay, but has to have. Did you okay? So did you hear what the Sabers asked for Eichel? Did not hear what the Sabers asked for. Eichel. Pasternak and McAvoy. Yeah, no. That's the thing is like we I don't think we can trade with the Sabers because they're gonna ask for so much for a guy like. Well, Eichel, Hall. Eichel and Hall is different because they got Hall. No, no, I know, but that's just like that's the Sabers are so poorly run that they're like, all right, we'll give you your best player if you give us your entire future. It's like no. Like, I don't even think the Bruins need to make a trade. I really don't. This is the thing that I, they, they need depth score. They need an this extra is the thing that sucks about this year is like, OK, Jake DeBrusque and Sean Corrali were just out for two weeks with COVID. Like, that's that what sucks fair. about this year. Never before in any season has a player been out for like two weeks with like COVID. That's just not a thing. Players have gotten illnesses before, like here and there. But you're rarely missing a guy for that long with a disease that doesn't have that many symptoms. It's it's just that's the issue. It's the same thing with Cam Newton, in my opinion, was like, OK, he goes down in the middle of the season. How do you expect him to bounce back and be like at peak shape? You just can't. These guys are professional athletes. They need to do this every day. You take two weeks off and have to sit at home and watch your team lose a bunch of games that that's, you know, no easy thing to come back from. That's what sucks about this year is like COVID exists. So do I think that this team on talent alone is good enough to win the Stanley Cup right now? Yes, I do. Are they playing like it? No. But uh, based on the team that I know they are and the players that I've seen play prior to this and la- the second half of last year, yes, I think they're talented enough to to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, look at how they started the year, Seth. They're the number one team in the league for a long time. And you got to remember, too, both of our goalies are down. A bunch of our defenders have been hurt all year. There's been constant turnover. Our fort like Marshan goes down for a few games with COVID. Like there's injuries left and right. Kevin Miller hasn't started a game since 2010. Like this is, this is what we're dealing with. So do I think the Bruins need to make it? Do, do I think it would be worth the long-term investment for the Bruins to make a trade? Probably not. Like, no, I, not like I hate to say this, but like no, but the long term investment is what you're giving up. So you get you get Taylor Hall for what a year. Let's say you don't win the cup. What did you just give up for him? Did you give away DeBrusque? Did you give away a Zaboral? Did you give away uh, Studnika? Are those guys that you're maybe going to want two or three years down the road when they've fully matured into players and Taylor Hall's long gone and you still don't have that cup? Maybe. That's like, I hate to say it, but in a shortened season like this, this is, these are things that you have to take into account. Are we, are we going to throw all our chips into one basket for this half season just to give up our future and come away empty handed? If we, if we win the Stanley cup, then I'll take this back right now. If we do make a move for like a Taylor hall or a player like that, and we win the cup, I retract this statement right now. But my issue is, they're going to try to go all in for this year, kind of like they did in 2019 and come away empty handed and then lose some pieces of your future. So my, my issue is Patrice Bergeron's 35 years old. 
Brad Marchand is what? 33, 32. Brad Marchand is 32 years old. Brad Marchand realistically is going to be effective for another five years as a goal scorer, hopefully longer. I would love for it to be longer, but five years feels like, you know, Ovi's 35 right now and is scoring at an unreal pace. You don't see that. Mm-hmm. Bergeron's only going to get worse. You know, he might stay even for a while, but he's certainly not going to get any better. He's just going to get older. Krejci's probably gone after this year. The, the 2011 core is done. You're not, I don't think you lose anybody by getting, so like, I would not, for the caliber of player that I think is going to be available close to the deadline, I would not trade DeBrusque. I would not trade Studnicka. I would not trade Grizzlick. No, yeah. I would, I don't want to get rid of any of these guys. I'd be okay with them losing Zaboral or Lawson, one of those two. I think fine. that'd be yeah, fine. That's fair. I just th- I, I think you need help on the back end. And that's where I think I'm reluctant to move anybody back there right now. Is you, that's you need less, help that's on the back That's less of a trading thing and more of just guys coming back. I mean, they could use an extra guy. But that's yeah, but we don't really right have there. anybody out on defense. Kevin Miller, but the guy never plays. <laughs> yeah, He's just I never mean, healthy. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there are a couple of guys out there that, you know, I mean, I don't know where Arizona is in the standings right now. I mean, are they competitive still? I thought they were, they were a little I bit they were close to the top. Let me see. But I mean, you know, you look up and down the goals list. I mean, they're they're competitive. If, if you can get an Evander Kane, because San Jose is trash, right? If you can get Evander Kane, he's got 16 goals this year. Um. I mean, that's here's, here's another fear of mine. And this happens in Boston sports all the time. I think it's kind of like a, a, a flawed. Oh, Kevin Miller's playing tonight. Um, I think it's kind of a flawed mindset of Boston sports fans is um, doing is, is wanting the team to do something just for the sake of doing something so that it seems like we're getting better. And the Bruins have been victims of this at the deadline in many years past. Right, but I mean, it's it, not, look, it's look at the deadline moves that the Bruins have made in the past few years. I just remember as soon as they did it, all the Bruins fans were like, yes, you know, we try and we try and justify these moves that the Bruins are making by saying like, oh, you know, this guy scored 20 goals. Remember Brett fucking Connolly? That guy sucked. He was awful. Yeah, Brett Connolly wasn't <laughs> great, but you look. But everyone tried to justify it and say, oh, you're 20 plus goal scorer one year. He sucked. So my issue is. Are we just trying to make a move to shake things up and make a move and like make it seem, you know, whatever, or are we doing something that's in the best interest of the team? Because in my opinion, the best interest of the team is to not do anything. I think, I, I think best interest I think of this the team, team, this team on their game could make a run at the Stanley cup. The issue is that they are fully on their game right now. So get them on their game. I don't I, think I it's think a matter need- of like, let's make a trade and bring in someone who just, can score sometimes for a month to see if we can win a Stanley cup when I think we can already do it with the group that we have out there. I just, I don't, I think that you're going to have to compensate for, you know, we don't know what the goalie situation is right now. Right? Like it feels like Tuca goes out there and moves the wrong way. And all of a sudden he can't play anymore. He's out for two weeks. Right? Like, and then Halak has not been playing well either. Now he's down with COVID, right? So it's, you know, it, it, 
I think they need to make a move. I hope that they don't trade away anyone that's in the active lineup. I'd hope it'd be, you know, just some random guy. But, you know, you look at the moves from 2018 on 2018, you get Rick Nash. Rick Nash was solid until he went down with concussion, right? Like if he if he didn't and that concussion effectively ended his career. So if yeah, he doesn't his career go was down, over. right, I mean, he was supposed to be just kind of a extra, you know, boost, which he did. You know, he did help while he was healthy and then he wasn't healthy anymore. And so he couldn't produce 2019. They get Marcus Johansson, right? He played very well when he was here. Um, I didn't think it was a bad move at all for them to let him walk, but you know, that, that move did help the team. So, you know, 2020 didn't really make a big splash, right? I think they were a little bit, the season got canceled before, right? They're, they're a little bit hesitant to as well, I think, cause you know, they hadn't picked in the first round in a while. We were, uh, we were the number one team too in 2020. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, with presidents, we, didn't, we didn't need to. Yeah, and you know, realistically, we're the same team. We just don't have crew. We don't have Chara. So yeah, I think I think two, play, two players who I can do without too. I to, don't. To miss be them. honest, yes, I don't miss them either. Um, you know, I think that if you can make a move with a team in which you give up maybe a first, you know, similar to the Palmieri deal, if you give up a first and a fourth maybe two players that really don't have an impact on the organization at all. And you can bring in, you know, maybe a, a 12 to 15 goal score this year and a solid back end guy. And, you know, maybe you keep the goal score next year and, and let the defender walk, or you keep the defender for next year and let the goal score walk, or you let them both walk. It doesn't really matter. I think as long as you don't give up, Studnicka or DeBrusque. Oh, you know, the Capitals just scored two goals in a minute. Sorry. <laughs> we're, eh, we're, it's fine. We're still winning. And Three to two. <laughs> we're still winning. It's fine. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, they could use some help. I, I wonder if, you know, you look at a team like Toronto, who for cap reasons might be looking to unload someone. Um, you know, you never know if there's going to be, you know, like a Zach Hyman could be the odd guy out there. He's a solid player. It'd be weird to see us make a trade with Toronto. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what Carolina is looking to do, but a Nino Niederreiter, if you could get him for a little bit of time, I don't know what his contract really looks like. Yeah. You know, there, there, there are guys out there that you could make deals for, you know, Maybe a JVR if they, I mean, there were rumors that he was going to get moved before the season. Like, I don't think that he expected to be on the team for the rest of the year. I I mean, granted, Philly would have to retain some salary on that, which I don't know that they're really willing to do um, because he he gets paid like six ish million a year. I don't know if the Bruins can really absorb that. Um, But then, you know, say they do a JVR and Gosses Behar deal. Right. He, he's on their taxi squad right now. Yeah. If you can somehow flip that, I think that'd be a great move. Now, do I think Philly would do that? Maybe they'd trade gossip for hair, but I don't think they trade Van Reems. Like they're not looking to shake up the organization right now. They're in perfect spot. They're in, you know, they're, they look great as a hockey team. Yeah. And they're, so they're, they're, they're behind us, but they're in playoff contention. Right. But I mean, I mean, and that's the thing too, like over the past two, three weeks, I think the, Flyers have looked like a better hockey team than the Bruins. Now, granted, that's because Bruins have had all these COVID issues with guys missing time, whatever. 
but I think they have to make a move. I don't think it needs to be a big splashy move, right? Like obviously I mentioned Taylor Hall. I don't think you need to make a move for a Taylor Hall. I don't think you need to make a move for a guy that you give up a first round pick for. If you have to, fine, I'll live with that. But if there's someone out there that can be kind of like the under the radar, you know, maybe costs a third and a prospect as opposed to, you know, multiple picks and a prospect. Right. And you can bring that guy in and he can have some sort of a bottom, you know, middle forward to, you know, second or third line defense impact. You know, I think that's a move that you have to make because while on paper, this team very well could make the run. They're just not playing like it right now. And to me, that means that you have to make a move, especially in COVID times, right? Because who the heck knows what's going to happen? I mean, look at what's going on with Vancouver. One guy got it and the entire team got it. Yeah. See, everything you're saying right now, if they could pull it off where we don't give up too much and we bring in a good player, like, oh, my God, I'm all for that. I'm not anti bringing a goal scorer. I'm just anti, like, impulsively throw all your chips in the basket to try and make a push in this half season and then end up regretting it down the line when you're missing guys like a DeBrusque if he gets traded or or a Studnika or a yeah, whoever, I, I a Grizzlick. DeBrusque, I would not trade Studnika unless, unless the, like, that is something where you'd have to be getting a Jack Eichel in return. You'd you have, you know, you'd have to be getting right. a real player. And we, and we know that that's not possible. We know what they want. They want, they want right. our team. So I don't. We know. need we need all those rumors of Crosby being on the block again. Oh, I don't even like Sidney Crosby. I I hate Sidney Crosby, but he's a really good hockey player. How about the stuff that was going on earlier this week with who was it? Um, it, was it Dubois or was it Dubinsky? Someone who used to play for the Blue Jackets or does play for the Blue Jackets was like shitting on Crosby and saying that Ovi was like way better. I remember that. that was that who was do you th- who do you think is better? What I think is better, Crosby. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think Ovechkin. He's an all-around guy. Yeah. I, I, I don't mean, know. I, I, I'd take, I'd take Ovi. In history. Ovi's the what? best goal scorer, I think, of all time. Mm. I'm, I, the Gretzky era was a little softer <laughs> in net. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, Brandon Dubinsky. Yeah, it was Dubinsky? Yeah. I yeah, don't know. I like, I don't know why he did that, but he just randomly started shitting on Crosby, and was like, "Fuck this guy, Ovechkin's better." It's like, dude, you play in the NHL too. Like, keep to your own devices. I mean, so the thing with Crosby, hang on, I'm pulling up a little bit of a little bit of stats. Don't worry, we're definitely going to say something that's going to get my roommate to turn around and be like, what are you talking about? Good old. So. In. 10, 22 games, they have remotely the same amount of points. Right, but Crosby's played 100 less games, 165 less games. And so Crosby, Crosby eventually doesn't pass the puck. Right. Um, but Crosby doesn't score goals. So, like, it balances out. I mean, he does. He scores goals pretty like much every game. 
He has 477. Yeah, but Ovechkin has like a million. Ovechkin Ovechkin has 725. Ovechkin is going to pass Gretzky. In goals, probably. He's just not crazy enough to play long enough. I think it'll take him three (laughs) more full seasons. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? So let let's say it takes him three more full seasons. That would make him play 19 years in the NHL, right? It's a long time. Wayne Gretzky played 20 years. So, yeah, I mean, but if you also, like, you know, forget about the last, I mean, realistically, all of all of Gretzky's goals were scored from the 94 season before because after the 94 season he only had I mean he had barely more than 100 of his goals right and then ends up with 894 on his career yeah and and I think it's going to take more than three more seasons for Ovechkin to do it especially with all this covid stuff because seasons getting shortened and all that I mean obviously I think next year is probably you know going to be unaffected but I mean, he's realistically going to have to play until he's 40, at which point it would be, you know, Gretzky did it in 1487 games. Right? I, I, That's how I he think... got to his point. Ovechkin. OK, so that gives him what? Four more seasons, essentially, to do it. And that's yeah. it's less than that, actually. Right. It's it's two or three because he's going to play playoff games. I I, no, I don't I, even if he I, I don't know if, it, if playoff goals count or not, but um, even if he doesn't do it in that time frame, you think he's not crazy enough to play long enough to do it? No, I think he's crazy enough to play long enough to do it. I just think by the time he actually gets it done, it's going to be a matter of it's not as impressive. Yeah, but right? then you like could also make the him- argument that it's harder to score now than it was in Gretzky's era. I think he's going to do it in three years. I think he's going to do it in three years. Three more full seasons. Three more full seasons. So, so let's say, I mean, because he's. I looked at his averages. I mean, he's been, you know, trickling down a little bit, kind of like in the high forties, fifties. So he's got. He can be a sixty goal scorer this year, right? They're playing what seventy-two games? No, fifty-six. Oh, fifty-six. What am I? Seventy-two is who's probably with, with NBA is playing seventy-two this year. NBA is oh. playing seventy-two games this year. So he. If he doubles his total, he'd end up with 38 goals this year, which would be unreal. Right. But that's also, you know, he, you know, I mean, that's pretty normal total for him. But, you know, let's say he gets back to his, we'll say 40 goals a year. And we'll say, let's say he gets 19 more goals this year. Right. So if he gets 19 more goals, he'd be up to 744. 744 puts him exactly 150 goals behind Wayne Gretzky. You think he puts together three straight 50 goal seasons at age 36, 37 and 38? I do. I do. I think he's the best goal scorer of all time. I think he's going to. And even if he doesn't do it in three, then he gets it in four. Definitely. But I think he can do it in three. My, My roommate, who is a Washington Capitals expert, does not think he's going to get to 38 this year. He says 28 to 31 roughly this year. So that means he's going to have to get 
more than 50 goals per season for the next three years. I don't see that happening. I can see him getting. I, when, I mean, does your, when, does your, when does your roommate think he's going to get going to pass Gretzky? How, how long do you think he's going to take him to pass Gretzky? At least five seasons. He says at least five. at least five. I don't think so. So he's on, he's in my boat. I understand that. Fine. I don't think it's going to take him five seasons to do it. Oh, there's mad beef going on in the Bruins camp right now. We're missing. I got. Oh, no. Camp forgot popped. Said I think there's been I like bad camp. fights because I just saw Oshi. Like, Oshi just got hurt off a big hit. And I think they just retaliated on Camper. And now Camper's like not getting up. Uh, that is unfortunate because we're already thin at defense. Oh, this doesn't look good. They're going to commercial break. Yeah, never, do not never like a good that. sign. All right, uh, so I'm so far behind that I'm actually going to be able to watch this happen. Oh, that did not look good. I didn't see the hit. I just saw him go down. He he kind of got pushed in the boards, went down pretty much face first, awkwardly, almost in a split position into the corner. Yeah, uh, not fun. Uh, all right. Should we, shall we talk Masters? We shall. It is Masters week, people. Best week of the effing year. Well, no, not best week. But uh, one of the better weekends. Um, the best part about the Masters, like, watching it in school and, like, in work or whatever for me is, like, you're not missing anything when you need to do whatever you need to do. So that's my, that was my big that's what stresses me out about March Madness so much is like if you're not watching, you are missing something. So like with March Madness, you need to be watching like every waking moment. The Masters, you don't really need to be watching every waking moment because they play 18 holes a day for four straight days. And the leaderboard changes constantly, especially in the first three days. And if you step away for an hour, you really aren't going to miss that much. So that's what I like about it. It's kind of like you can just come and go. I watched it all day at school today because I had a big like free period after my first block. So I watched a bunch of it. But then when I had to go to class in the afternoon, I wasn't like, damn it, I'm missing anything. I was like, all right, take a nice hour break and then get back to it. But uh, but it's a good week. Uh, Golf courses are opening up this week. TBR tour is back. I posted on the Instagram that the season starts now and it does. So I'm excited but um, I don't know how in tune you are with the Masters, but do you like anybody for it? So my pick going into the weekend, we actually did a Masters segment on the TV show that I do here. Oh, um, nice. I picked Dustin Johnson. I, I liked him to repeat. I think that a lot of people are not picking him. I think there's a lot of Justin Thomas guys. There's a lot of Jordan Spieth guys. Um, we also we filmed the episode before Spieth won. Oh, so okay. I... I was very much like, there's no way this dude's going to win. Cause we also thought like it was really confusing. The, the news that was coming out about his hand and stuff. Like it was kind of unclear as to whether or not he's still playing in pain or if he like had surgery and got fixed or what the heck was going on there. Um, but I mean, this is crazy. What's going, what happened today? What I mean, happened today was nuts. There isn't a single guy outside of the top eight. That's playing better than par. The cut line's going to end up being at like plus four. That's the thing. I mean, tomorrow's going to really shake things up, and I think you'll see a drastic change in the leaderboard. But the course ate them up today, unless your name was Justin Rose. Right, Justin <laughs> Rose. Shit. One off the 
course record, right? Isn't course record 64? The first day course record, I think it was. Or maybe it was course. I, I saw, or did he tie the first day record? I, I, he might have tied the first day record, but I'm pretty sure that the single day record is 64 set last fall oh, by really? Dustin Johnson. I'm pretty sure that oh. he had the. Okay. I so think he might... set both the 54 hole and the single round record. That's probably what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Johnson finished plus three. Yeah, he was three over. I think Well, I was watching his, his round. I forget where he, he may have ended three over. It was an interesting day, though, because you had they, the course definitely ate them up. It, it's playing tough. The the pin placement on the greens. Oh, my God. It was it was eating them up on the first day, which is kind of good yeah. to see because you have like the anti to that, which is like I it was the Dell Technologies this past summer. Um, it may have even been in the fall and it was down in New Jersey. It switches between now um, Norwood mass and Jersey. Um, it, I think Dustin Johnson won with a score of like minus 28 or something. When he won Dell technologies, something he was like 28 crazy. under. So I'd much rather he, see he was, he was two over today, by the way, two over. And then yeah. that'll DeChambeau change. That'll over. change. DeChambeau played like shit. Um, yeah, but DJ, I'm not like first day. You can't read too much into it. Justin Rose. That's a different story because he's eight under right now, right? Seven or eight under. Um, he's seven under seven under. Cause eight, the, seven the par under. there is 72. If he was eight under, he would have. Yeah. So he, that's what it was. I think he went after going to, he was two over through like four and then birdied like the next eight holes or something like that. He went on like a string so, of birdies. Or nine holes even. He was one over through. He was two over through seven. Two over through seven. Looks like he eagled eight and then went birdie, birdie, par, birdie, birdie, par, birdie, 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 par. Yeah, he like ate that shit up. That's unreal. So his, his first day story is different because starting day two at seven under, unless he completely blows up over the next two or three days, that's a like that's such a cushion that he's built. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that, that's how you win. He's got a four stroke leader right now. Next closest but guy is Harmon. People, people are coming to like this is the Masters it's after one day, you know. We're not well, saying I mean, anything. People are coming. Like best believe that guys like Jordan, DJ, JT, Morikawa, um, all of the guys who Bryson, they're going to come. So um I'm gonna try to pronounce this guy's name, but it's I'm gonna butcher it. Oh, is it the guy who's in like third? I saw his Pazudin name. Out? Pazudin yeah, out? I've never heard yeah. of that guy before. So <laughs> I mean him. Simpson, Patrick Reed, Kim, and there might be a couple other guys. It looks like that is, oh, Kim and then Leishman. Leishman, yeah. Are the only guys at the very top of the leaderboard that were never over par. Yeah, I saw that. But they had a few. It's like Simpson was even par 
a couple of times for after four holes in a, in a, like four separate holes, not four through four. Um, he was even the rest of it. He was under, but he also finished with a double bogey and three straight pars. Right. And then Zuden Hoyt ended up two under three under held that ended up at two under Reed yeah. was always under all the, so Zuden Reed and Kim were never over par. They were always under par. So there's a lot of guys who actually had solid days. They just ended up with a lot of pars and spots that, you know, they probably could have had, you know, maybe a, um, a birdie in there. And, you know, the, the Rose eagling on, I can't, it's, it's tough to tell. I mean, I, I can't imagine is seven, a drivable par four. Do you know, the scorecard is not easy to read. I don't, I, I don't know if it is. He eagled eight. So yeah, he eagled eight. the par. He actually, he, he bogeyed the par four on seven and then Eagle. That's right. I saw his Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. So he Eagle a par five on eight. Speaking about like in crazy scores, Tommy Fleetwood had another hole in one today. He had a hole in one last week, I think. So my dad sent me the video. He had a hole in one. I think it, I think it was last week at the Valero. It might have been the week before, but I think it was last week. I know that he had one recently. I know. It was in the last two weeks, and he didn't celebrate when he hit one. He was like, oh, cool. And so he hit a he hit one again today. And he and he had like a nice like high fived everybody. But imagine hitting two hole in ones in like two weeks. I will if I ever hit a hole in one in my life. I play a lot of golf. I play golf every day in the spring and the summer. If I ever hit a hole in one, oh my God. Imagine hitting two out. in two weeks. It'd be ins- it's insane. Dude, I can't even hit the ball straight, let alone get, you know, get two hole in ones in two weeks. One of them being at the biggest tournament of the year. Yeah. I, it's, it's nuts to me. It's nuts. I was watching and I literally thought it was a highlight from last week. And then I realized I was like, wait, no, that's Augusta. And I realized that he hit a second hole in one in like two weeks. That's, that's unreal. Insane. But um, but yeah, back to the field, though, we've got a long weekend to go. Um, I when I put down my futures before the tournament on the book, I had money on Lee Westwood. Not a lot um, money on Jordan, money on JT and money on John Rom. Um, mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say about Jordan. It's interesting to me that you said that you didn't think he was going to win before last week. I think winning last week did him a disservice. Yeah, I was going to say because end up winning everyone thinks he's gonna win now yeah i don't people are like that's that's the downfall that's now all the pressures on him we know he hasn't dealt well with pressure in the past four years so you win the valero last week now people a week winning a tournament a week before the masters might be the worst possible thing you can do for your career if you want if you want another green jacket my thing with you know speaking of you know, winning tournaments and then not winning. Justin Thomas, right, just won the players, right? That's it, it was him. Yes. Yes. Do you know the last time that a the last time and I shouldn't mention only time that someone won both the players and the masters in the same year? I'm not going to know because I'm trying the only like players champions I know in the past few years are Ricky. I know Ricky's never won a green jacket. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It wasn't recent. 
Uh, yes, Sam Snead. I don't know. <laughs> no, Tiger Woods in 2001. Oh, okay. was the last oh, yeah. and only guy <laughs> to win the players and the Masters in the same year. So automatically, I'm like, there's no way Justin Thomas is winning, right? Yeah. So I think it, it's a pretty similar thing there, right? Where it's right. like he he won the last one, came in. Probably not. I, like, right. I feel like that's I think adjusting. Especially because it's Jordan, though. Jordan has become like the Tiger in Tiger's absence, where in golf, everybody roots for Tiger. That's just like how it is. I just remember the Masters what? like last year, which last year, throw it in air quotes, like a couple months ago when they had it in November. Everyone roots for Tiger. Every tournament, everyone wants to see Tiger win. In Tiger's absence, Jordan's kind of become that guy because he hasn't won in so long. So you go from 2017 to now 2021 without winning. Everybody was rooting for Jordan to come back because he's such a good player. He's such a likable guy. I really like Jordan Spieth. I, he's, I think he's a class act. I think he's a phenomenal golfer. He, there's just something about him that you want to root for. So everybody's on his side. He wins Valero last weekend. Great. He hasn't had a win since 2017. That's a week before the Masters, though. Now, who's everybody's favorite to win the Masters the following week? It's Jordan. And he's not going right. to be able to deal with that pressure. I want him to. I have money on him to win. Um, but I just don't think that it boded well for him because now everybody hopped on that wagon. I think it would have been easier for him to be written off and kind of sneak into the leaderboard as this guy who no one expected to win. He's had a bunch of top tens this year. He's had a bunch of top fives this year and win the masters that way. I think it did him a disservice by winning last week. I, I, I like the story about my, one of my, I share a last name with the 2016 masters champion, Danny Willett. Um, he had a child um, like a week before the Masters in 2016 and then won. John Rahm just had a child like a week ago and is playing this week. I like that storyline. That's a nice sports headline. You know, those little like right. things that's that is up my alley for sports betting. When you tell me that someone with my last name won the Masters a week after his wife gave birth to their son and that. There's a player in the tournament this week whose wife just gave birth to their child and he's playing. Oh, my God. What an omen for betting. Like, I yes, hammered absolutely. John Rom this week. I hammered John Rom this week. I love that shit. That was I awesome. would have, too. Yeah. And then um, Justin Thomas, just because Justin Thomas, I think, is a great golfer. And Lee Westwood, because he's had a bunch of, like, top fives. He did not play well today, and I don't expect him to win. But his odds were pretty good. So I threw like four bucks on him just to like just in case he's had a bunch of like top fives this year. So those are my guys that I was rolling with uh, after day one. I'm not going to hop on the Justin Rose hype train. I think he'll I think he'll be humbled in the next few days. Obviously, when someone comes out and shoots a seven under on the first day, they're going to try and make the course harder the next day. So you're going to you're going to see it kind of level out by Saturday. It'll level out. And I think you're going to start to see some of your big hitters towards the top of the uh, leaderboard. For sure. Yeah. And, all right. So here, here's the, you know, the follow-up question here. Who is your, you know, obviously you said that you think it's going to even out a lot because you're going to make the course harder. Who do you think, you know, is going to win? You obviously said who you thought was going to win going in. Um, who I, after I, I, day I, one? I still like Jordan. Um, he's one under right now, if I'm not mistaken, he's playing well. I see, I, I do this thing when I'm in my, in my predictions and I'm like trying to like picture who I think is going to win. Justin Rose has never won, although he's, he's played phenomenal at Augusta in his career. 
Let me look at the leaderboard. I don't think it's going to be Siwoo Kim. I like Siwoo Kim a lot. I don't think it's going to be him. I don't know if this was something that got announced earlier, but Abraham answer just got a two stroke penalty because he messed up in the, in the bunker on 15. He like moved the sand behind him in a uh, very, what is it? Is that Patrick Reed? Who's done that a million times? Yes. Patrick Reed esque move. Speaking of Patrick Reed, I think, I, okay, I'll give you, I think everyone who I bet on has a, has a legitimate shot still. Yeah. John Rom's even Spieth is one under. Um, I think Thomas is one over. And then, I mean, Westwood probably doesn't have like the best chance just cause he's like so far back. But, um, where, where did Westwood end six over? <laughs> yeah. never mind. Count Lee Westwood out of that. Um, but the other three, sure. Um, and then add Patrick Reed to my list. Okay. As someone to, to, to watch, he won in 2018. So just keep an eye on that. Gotcha. All right. Now, now other than Mr. Willett, who are you like, who's your guy that you're rooting for? Everyone who I, everyone who I bet on. Okay, for, forget forget that part, right? Like, yeah. obviously, because you have the tie to that where it's like, okay, if they win, this helps me. Who are your guys where it's like, I wanted this guy to win because I like him? Louis Oosthuizen. Okay. I watched the I don't know who that is, him. not going to lie. Dell Technologies, 2018. I watched the course with him on Pro-Am Day. South, South African, I believe he is. Look him up. Very good golfer. Played well. Oh, I'd look him up if I knew how to spell his name. Uh, If you go to the leaderboard, you'd see him. I think he had a decent day. Actually, might might not have been so decent. I'm not seeing him. Louis Wiesta Houston. Yeah, he's four over right now. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I see him. I see him. Okay, I don't know. I think he had like a South African. He's from South Africa. South African. Yeah, I was right. Um, yeah, he'd be my guy that like, I'm like rooting for other than the people that I bet on gotcha. just as like my, like my guy. How about you? Kevin Kisner. Yeah. Cause you listen to, I watch play. a lot of four play golf videos, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, listen to their podcasts all the time. I think he's awesome. I love him. I think Dustin Johnson's really cool too. Like not going to lie. Um, he four play put out a couple of videos with him. And I think he seems like this really cool guy that just like hates doing interviews. And that's why you never hear him give like, like he's not hyped up and people like say that he like lopes around and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, Kisner is like definitely the guy that I watched too, but it's just like, it's so tough for him to win the masters. Cause it's like, he can't hit it long enough. Right. Yeah. Um, Bubba Watson in that group too. And I think that he and Kisner, they, they kind of look alike too. So that's why I say that. <laughs> Um, but he and Kisner, I think like are kind of in the same like realm a little bit. Both kind of Southern guys a little bit too, aren't they? Yeah. Um, cause Kisner is South Carolina. I don't know where yeah. Bubba's from, but I, I used to, I, for the longest time I used to think that Bubba wasn't American, but he is, I think he's from, he definitely is from down South or maybe Arizona. I know that he lives in Arizona now. See, Bubba is from the United States. That's not helpful. Yeah, what part? 
Florida. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I remember that now. That, yeah, Orlando is where he lives now. And, but he's yeah, he's a member of a course in Arizona. That's what it is. Um, But I just like him because he's a lefty. And then Phil. If Tiger were playing, oh, my mm. God, Tiger. But he's not. So, Phil. Well, yeah, obviously, everybody, the answer is Tiger. Ever, yeah, the answer is Tiger. Like I said, everyone roots if for Tiger. If you're not every rooting tournament. for Tiger to win, like, what? What are you doing? I don't know. But yeah, um, so we will obviously do more podcasts as the weekend goes on. I think Carp wants to get in on one maybe Saturday. Oh, I would love to sit down with Carp and do a pod about oh, this. We will yeah. I would I would honestly just sit there and listen and not say anything the entire time. <laughs> I would listen and talk about this. We should do that. We, we, we'll definitely do it. I'm, I'm going to see him tomorrow and Saturday. So uh, I'm dog sitting. We're dog sitting Saturday night. <laughs> My parents I'll came to me. My parents came to me and they go. Can you and Abby dog sit Saturday night? Notice how they didn't ask just me mm. because they don't trust I, me with the dog. Oh, I, th- I, I thought that was more. You just have a couple of G parents that are like trying to get you guys to hang out more. Oh, like, we hang out all the time. I, I know. But I'm like, they're trying to give you an extra like excuse. No, they were they they were uh, they literally were like, no, we're not going to leave you alone with the dog like Abby or like Carp needs to be here. They literally like said that like someone else needs to be there with me because <laughs> I, awesome. I can't be trusted with a little 22 pound dog. Have you seen me, Seth? I mean, I thought the thing almost died, so it did almost. But that had nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's definitely your fault. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it just was not. It, no, it, it was definitely your for the fault record the dog was that not. you guys bought. From the store that you didn't really yeah. touch. It was from the store? Your... What do you think? I like drove to Walmart and got a dog? <laughs> I mean, the breeder. we didn't get ours from Walmart. The breeder. Whatever. Not the dog store, Seth. What do I look like to you? Please. But no. Um, so maybe we'll do a podcast then. And then we'll definitely do yeah. one afterwards. We're back in the swing of doing podcast, people. So we're back. And uh, TBR Tour is back, too. I know I said at the beginning of the episode, but I don't know when we're going to film. I'm playing twice this weekend, maybe three times. I thought maybe Sunday afternoon would be a good time to film, but I don't even know if I'm going to play because of the Masters. So if I can't play on Sunday, definitely sometime next week we'll do it. This is the way I, I think say, we're going to It's gonna kind of a cardinal sin to play on Masters Sunday unless yeah. you're playing at the Masters. Yeah, yeah. But um, this is how I think we're going to do it this year. We're definitely going to keep like the same like video format. We're going to do some like scrambles and like different like shit. But I also would like to do like a running kind of FedEx Cup type thing where we have different events. So I'm thinking like the TBR Open, the TBR Classic, the TBR whatever, where we just have like three people play or whatever. And we just do one round and we just keep score. And then there's like a running FedEx Cup point tally. You do like um, you include the scrambles and stuff in that. So you try to switch up the scramble pairings. And so it's yeah. like, I mean, which could be a little bit difficult, but no, like, you would definitely be able to do that. And then you could just keep like an individual record. Right, it, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like the individual gets points based on how the team does. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, scrambles a little bit tougher to do with it. Right. Because like, like whoever gets paired up with me is going to be screwed. Unless yes, like, I make some crazy jump. I'm also like, I'm good around the green. It's but then just there's like brownie. The but issue. then there's like brownie. You know, oh, like, no offense really to bad. brownie. Like, I'm not trying to say like, oh, these are shitty golfers. It's just Carp and I and Ferula have been golfing like our whole lives. 
Right, right. I've been playing golf since I was like eight years old. Farrell's been playing since like he was like 10. Carp's been playing since he was like three. So it's not like, oh, you guys like fucking suck. It's like we've literally just been playing like our whole lives. So like you, Brownie, Lynch, who I think we're going to get in on it too, like whoever, it's not like, like I think we have a good balance of, of both like new players and old players. So I think it could work easily. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And also... I'm pulling out mad outfits, mad up. Everyone knows that I'm the most coordinated on the golf course. You pull up to my country club and everyone's like, that kid has swagger. So I think tomorrow's the, I've played golf already at the course, but they have temporary greens set up because they don't want you like walking on the greens until the, um, until the season starts. So they have like, they just put like a stick in the middle of the fairway and they're like, all right, put it. So, uh, really that's course, how they have the course set up. Yeah. that is so weird it's so it's so weird like we can drive the temporary greens they just like go like 20 yards out into the fairway from the green and like stick the flag in the middle and they're like all right oh so everything like almost loses a stroke on the par yeah that's why i'm saying you can't keep score so you just go out there to like practice your swing you literally can't keep score it's like when when does the season officially uh open tomorrow Oh, okay. Tomorrow's opening day. So we've got real greens and everything tomorrow. So we have a match, me and Ferullo against Carp and Brownie. Ferullo and I are team orange soda. I'm dressing like Ricky Fowler tomorrow, as is Ferullo. So I'm pulling out my orange shirt, my orange hat. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh, no. I'm not backing down, you sons of bitches. I don't know the meaning of the word stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel bad how do you feel bad we're gonna we're gonna pull up dripping <laughs> oh man you're gonna be burning people's eyes out no dude i'm telling you we're gonna look so sick oh yeah you're gonna think you look sick and then you're gonna watch the video back and you're gonna be like why did we do this why did we put ourselves in this situation to look like this no, I'm not going to say that. This is what's going to happen. It's going to intimidate them. Because we're going to be so coordinated. Plus, I think I'm going to look good in the orange anyway. Like, I, it's, it's, it, I think I can pull it off. I don't know about Ferula. We'll see. But we're, we aren't going to look like dorks. I, at least I know I'm not. I know I can pull it off. But I'll send you a picture. We'll take a picture, me and Ferulo. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to watch soda. the uh, – I, I very much want the video, but I'm also – I mean, the, the photo, but I'm going to watch the video. So cool. I'll see it there anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'll just – like tomorrow, once I put my outfit on, I'll take like a mirror selfie for you, Seth, so you can see what I look like. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> But yeah, so TBR tour is coming, and that's pretty much all I've got. Um, anything else from you? Oh, I mean, you will be seeing a couple appearances from me and my amazing golf swing. I don't think there is a <laughs> single golfer on the planet that has a better swing than I do, and that has been entirely sarcastically, which you will know when you when you see me on video so hopefully within the next couple of weeks i might be going home next weekend we'll see what happens there. we're definitely playing next weekend yeah if, if i end up going home which it feels like i probably will be 
Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. This was a very nice episode. 69. (laughs) Get it because of the number. And uh, (laughs) it was long, too. We did a good job on this one. Yeah, we did a mad good job. And uh, thank you so much to all our listeners. Way too much time with Carp. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wait, me? Yeah, you. Mad good? Yeah, that's what Carp said. Dude, I've been saying mad for it. Carp said mad because that's the new lingo. Carp's thing is like mad sick. Mad sick. But yeah, I do spend too much, not too much time with Robbie. Not enough. If it were up to me, I'd be with him every day. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't meant to be like, um, like uh, spending time with Carp is bad. It was just like. I know. I know what you're saying. You're gaining his mannerisms. Yeah. So is. Like you'll start to notice it. Dude, Abby and her friends are picking up on like TBR lingo. Yes. It, like, cause they listen, happening. I mean, they don't listen like her friend, like a few of her friends listen to the podcast, the picture of you, but they're like, they're picking up on TBR lingo. So we're just, we are just a total wave. Honestly, we are. I mean, me and Sydney have been going out for like a year and what month is it? April. So we're like almost a year and a third at this point. And we both have picked up each other's manner. Yeah. In a lot of ways. That's like just- it just happened when you spend that much time with these. We we just set this is what we do. We just plant seeds all over the place and watch the flowers blow up and grow. Blossom. 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 Yeah. Uh so this has been episode 69. Thank you all so much for listening. Listeners old and new. I appreciate all of you being here. We will be back for episode 70 probably in a couple days. And Carp Brownie, you're fucking going down tomorrow, boys. Team Orange showed all the way. We'll see you next time. Raising plastic.